0: back to the 4th Way Podcast. I know this probably isn't an episode that everybody's looking forward to. In fact, it'll probably be an episode uh, that people are going to tend to skip over. But I I really hope that I can convince you not to do that. See, so far uh, in this season, we have talked about propaganda. Uh, And this episode is a resource episode. I'm going to share with you uh, a, a bunch of different resources. Now, people might skip over that because they they might say, Well, this isn't really you know a part of building up your case and um, and leading me to to the information that I want. And this is sort of an extension. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that's really, really important because uh, there, there are a lot of things that I want you to get out of these episodes, which is why I'm doing a resource episode at the end of each section of the season. So hang in there for like the next five minutes. Let me tell you why I think this is important. These episodes are important. And then if you want to decide after that to skip these episodes in each part of the season, go for it. But my hope is that you'll, you'll stick around for it. So why are these resource episodes important? Well, first of all, uh, I think it's important because I'm going to provide you with a big picture rather than parts. So what you get in in the individual episodes leading up to this point, up to a resource episode, is you get uh, a zoomed-in view of of whatever I'm talking about. Here, you're going to kind of get a, a bigger picture, and that's going to help you get a lay of the land a lot better and see how everything fits together. So I think that's going to be important for, for it just to kind of cohere in your mind if you're able to, to get a big picture view and and see all the pieces fitting together. Like taking a look at the, the picture on the puzzle box. Second, I'm going to fill in some gaps for you. I have condensed this season down insanely. Like, the amount of, of reading that I've done for this season, uh, listening to podcasts, reading articles, watching movies and videos and YouTube videos, like, all kinds of things. I mean, I've, I've done a lot in regard to propaganda. And there There are so many gaps in in the stuff that I'm telling you and the information that i'm telling you in uh in just the the content that's out there and so in this episode i'm going to help to fill in some of those gaps and uh, maybe not tell you specifics, but say, "Hey, go check out this resource or this resource or that resource uh, and I think that that's extremely important because you know my approach to uh, to studying and reading is to read extremely broadly. And in fact, at the end of the season, I'm going to do an episode on how do I read so much in a year? Like this year, uh, 2022, when I'm recording this, um, I, I've read like 195 books, like counting audiobooks and stuff. Uh, and that's like, it sounds unmanageable. If you would have told me like four years ago, I pretty much read nothing like, in my adulthood other than like articles and stuff until maybe four or five years ago. If you would have told me five years ago that I would be reading 200 books in a year, I'd be like, "That's insane." When would I ever do that? But I've got a lot of a lot of tips to help you do that at the end of the season, and that's really important because if you understand propaganda more, you're going to understand that that reading broadly helps you to get a much bigger picture. It helps you to see where there's a lot of overlap with uh, with between people saying different things. And so you're going to be able to to identify a lot better where the truth is and kind of get a deeper understanding of the topic. Third, I think these episodes are important because you're going to be able to to, um, dissect my research and my rationale. Who influenced me? Who did I read? Uh, What resources did I use? If you understand where my information is coming from, that's going to help you know what other resources you should use to uh, kind of check me up on that, uh, to kind of maybe uh, uh, push back on. So understanding my research and rationale is going to be important for, for you to be a good critical thinker. Fourth, this is going to help you to dig deeper. Like I said, there are uh, there, there's so much here, and my hope is that in each section— I'll be able to provide you with a number of, of different resources that I've used, but also a bunch of resources that I might say, hey, I didn't get to these, but these looked really interesting. You might want to check these these guys out, uh, these people. So hopefully you understand that these aren't throwaway episodes then. Maybe you choose to throw them away, but uh, there is uh, there is a very important reason, a number of important reasons to have these episodes here. So like I said... Feel free to skip them if that's what you want to do, uh, but I think they're they're vital to to providing uh, the content that you need to do due diligence. All right, so let's get into my uh, my resources for this first part of the season. The first way that I would categorize uh, the the research is in regard to how humans think, like our blind spots, our psychological influences all that kind of stuff. There are a number of books that uh, I'll throw out here. I'll make sure to link in the show notes as well. Uh, the Case Against Reality, Irrationality, The Intelligence Trap, The Delusion of Crowds, The Craving Mind, The Forgetting Machine. Uh, and uh, I think that's those are kind of the, the main ones that I would focus on. But these these books are really important because I think the the very first step you want to do when you're studying propaganda, is to look at how does memory, how does perception, uh, how does thinking, how does rationality, how does that stuff work? And then not only how do we think as individuals, but because uh, a lot of propaganda is really based on social structures, things like the delusion of crowds, like how do we, how do we think collectively? Because those are two different things. How you think as an individual is different than, than how you think as a group. Like there are significant differences, significant nuances, and understanding where we can be tricked, understanding how we're educated, uh, positive and negative, right? Where are we susceptible, Uh, like in in the pareidolia episode, but also like how do we learn positive things? Because there's a lot of propaganda that's – it's not necessarily intended to be – There's not malicious propaganda like people are intending to misinform you. It's just the way that societies and cultures educate us. So. How do we learn things? How are we educated? And those types of books are going to be really important for that. Once you kind of take a look at how the, the mind works, how rationality works, how discourse, discussion, uh, thinking, susceptibility to, to uh, faulty thinking, once you kind of have a grasp on that kind of stuff, then looking specifically at how propaganda functions is going to be helpful. So here are some resources for that. How Propaganda Works. The Technological Society, and uh, Propaganda, both of those are by Jacques Ellul, How Propaganda Became Public Relations, Taking the Risk Out of Democracy, Manufacturing Consent, Politics in the English Language, Amusing Ourselves to Death, and uh, Grice's Cooperative Theory, uh, some resources on that, which I I haven't read a book on Grice's Cooperative Theory, but uh, you could get... Uh, I'll put some YouTube links and things, and I actually have an episode on that sometime later in the season, maybe under media. Uh, so we'll we'll definitely talk about it. But uh, it's something I would put actually in this section because it, it's going to kind of help you understand how people can be manipulated, how propaganda functions. So understanding how propaganda functions is going to fit once you you know how people think and how ideas and and uh, beliefs are formed, then propaganda is going to show us well how how are people trying to form our beliefs like how are we being manipulated this is the specifics of how it's being done once you have a clear idea of how we as humans think and how we as humans are manipulated or you know purposefully or just unintentionally like how society uh, propagandizes us then it's going to be great to look at propaganda history and the implementation. So show me specific times. Like, I'm not able to to see how I myself am propagandized. That's hard to do, right? Uh, It's easier for me now, but it's still, there are all kinds of areas that I'm sure I'm propagandized where I don't realize it, because that's what it means to be propagandized. Like, you you don't realize um, that it's happening, and it's happening to all of us. So if you can look at the history of propaganda, how people have implemented it in the past, how has it succeeded in the past? Like, why couldn't people see crazy ideas in the past? Then that's going to help us to uh, put some flesh on these ideas of of rationality and propaganda. So a couple uh, a couple books that I'd recommend in this area would be Manipulating the Masses, Mein Kampf, Politics in the English Language Again, and Taking the Risk Out of Democracy Again. Those are going to be uh, good good resources to give you some specifics on uh, you know, and manipulating the masses—that talks about in the United States, and it deals with Europe too, like Germany and Great Britain. How uh, how did propaganda really start its rise? Um, like back in World War One, and it's going to show you—you you know, things were were really crazy. Uh, lack of of free speech and and alien and sedition acts, all kinds of things were going on. You know, we think we we have a free country, but we've got a, a very big history of that kind of stuff uh, going on. So that's going to give you some very clear examples of how, how things have developed in the United States and might give you some understanding of, of how things are now, like some of the precedents that, that are in place that have created some of the laws that we have and, and the government's powers that they have. Mein Kampf, you know, nobody wants to read that because Hitler wrote that, but it's super important to, to understand how did he do what he did? You, know, you could add books to this, like um, you know, ordinary men, or uh, they thought they were free, which which goes into um, how individuals who enacted Hitler's plan, like how did they get duped? How did they think through things? So understanding that uh, that history of propaganda and seeing it when it's it's clear to us that it's propaganda. You know, when you see it a hundred years ago, it's clearly propaganda. When you're being propagandized today, you don't see it because propaganda, um, it infiltrates the culture, right? It it uses what it knows is going to be culturally appropriate and indiscernible to you. So you can see it 100 years ago, and by seeing it 100 years ago and seeing the way that different institutions and powers have in implemented propaganda, that's going to make modern propaganda a bit more clear to you. And And that kind of merges, that section merges into... You know, okay, seeing propaganda implemented in in the past, you know, is going to uh, also overlap with okay. Well, then I need to understand how did the propagandized uh, become propagandized? How did they fall for it? And so they thought they were free, ordinary men, and defying Hitler. Are are three really good books? I, I would really like to branch out and do more than those are all about Nazi Germany, and I think there's a danger in um, you know in focusing so much on. On one era, because it's like, oh, those, those Germans, right? Uh, those Nazis, like they were just uniquely gullible and and stupid or immoral, whatever they were. Uh, which is why you know manipulating the masses is a is a good one to kind of go with that because that focuses on the United States. But uh, I would definitely branch out there. That's one area that I would I would recommend uh, figuring out some other resources to branch out on. I know there was some. Uh, I I forget the authors now, but I I know that I I saw some in regard to uh, South Africa, I believe. Um, and then there was one on like Malaysia or Indonesia. I don't know. There was uh, no. I think it was another. It was another African country. Maybe it was Uganda. But th- there are definitely some works out there which are going to give you examples that are from outside of Europe, outside of uh, Nazi Germany, outside of the United States. I would, I would definitely recommend adding to that portion right here because my list is kind of weak here. Then you could also get into the area of, uh, after you, you see all of these things in reality and see what it is, you can get into fi- uh, fiction and artistic envisioning, you know, uh, into things like thought experiments. So take 1984 or Brave New World or The Book of Eli, which uh, The Book of Eli, I, I don't know if it's actually a book, I know that I've seen the movie. But those are our three really good envisionings. And I think the importance of artistic envisioning is that um, sometimes it, it kind of paints a picture of possibilities for us. Well, it, I, it does two things. So first of all, it, it paints a picture of possibilities for us and that uh, it shows us, hey, if like, we think that this kind of thing is nuts right now, we can recognize how crazy something like a world like uh, 1984 is, right? We can see that. But what if, like, gradually over time, one day we came to not see how crazy that was? Like, what what could like what could we extrapolate reality out to if things got really crazy? And so, artistic envisionings kind of um, it's a little bit like maybe satire. It's it's kind of an uh, an exaggeration. To make a point, uh, but when you kind of exaggerate things and and you see the point that's being made and then you pull that back, pull that exaggeration back to see reality, you're kind of like, Oh yeah, i I see, I get that, and I think it kind of helps to expand our mind finally uh for for more of like the Christian focus because as a Christian, it is important to me. To understand things from a Christian perspective, and to to see where does my hope lie, uh, why why are things the way that they are, why is the church complicit in in uh, some of these these evils that we're going to talk about? Uh, and so, I would recommend two powerful books: uh, "The Way of the Dragon" or "The Way of the Lamb" is one book, which interviews a, a number of Christian um, writers, speakers, leaders throughout the last. I guess 50 years or so. And there are some interviews with them and they talk about power in the church and, uh, you know, manipulation and that kind of stuff. And then there's also uh, Celebrities for Jesus, which I thought was was a really good look at power in the church and and how the, the church is trying to wield, maybe not specifically information and propaganda, but that's certainly a part of it because when you're talking about power and control, going back to David Graeber, um, one of the ways that you you do that significantly, especially the church, which doesn't have uh, the the violence at its hands that the government does, uh, at, at least at the moment in, in our part of the world and in this part of history, uh, it, it doesn't have the police and the army to kind of do its bidding. Right? What you have is manipulation of information. And so Celebrities for Jesus and The Way of the Dragon or The Way of the Lamb are two good books that kind of delve into that. So, uh, closing out, let's talk about where I would go from here. So I already told you that one of the things that I would do is I would would, uh, extend out from some of the focus on on Europe and the West and how propaganda has been used here. Uh, That's been my focus, but uh, that's where I would like to read more after that. Uh, You could also, so that also I would say extends in time. So not just reading. Uh, things other than, than a Western perspective or, or how propaganda has been implemented in the West, but also how has propaganda been implemented throughout time? Because propaganda uh, in its full force, like being used on an extreme scale, that is relatively new. Like World War One ish era is when things really started to ramp up. But certainly propaganda existed before that um, for... Uh, hundreds of years, it was it was certainly used, but then um, even going back to like Roman times and stuff, there were some examples of propaganda. I have not found very many good books. Well, I, sh- I haven't found any good books on um, propaganda in the ancient world. I did try to read one. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was just like, it, it wasn't uh, exactly what I was looking for. Uh, The manipulative mode, that's what it was called. It was just weird, and I didn't like it. So I read like maybe one or two of the the chapters, and it was just odd. Not uh, what I was going for. There is one I think I saw entitled Roman Propaganda. Uh, so I, I mean, it, it would probably be worthwhile to see how has propaganda been used throughout the more distant past. And that might help to put some more flesh on propaganda today and kind of give us insight into how governments of old use that kind of stuff. Sure, but I, I think for us, propaganda is done on such a, a significantly different scale today than it used to be. So I don't know how beneficial that would be to go into the past. But I would definitely break outside of the West and, and study more of how propaganda was used across the world. You could also get into things, uh, you know why words matter, our selection of words, things like narrow casting, some of the specific strategies. So talking about, uh, you know, the books Off Menu uh, and Secret Soldiers when when we talked about our pareidolia episode, I think that would be helpful. You know, looking into some specifics of um, priming and framing and how that's done. Uh, some of um, Neil Postman's stuff, I've read two or three of his books and they were all really helpful and insightful. And that would just be more information on what to look out for to not let your senses um, kind of be fooled. So like, for instance, going back to our pareidolia episode, uh, talking about how if, if chips are in a crunchy bag, crinkly bag, it makes you perceive their freshness different uh, and their, their crunchiness different. Well, you know, one, one solution to uh, if you wanted to get the chip for the chip, and only for the chip, and not have your senses influenced by, by something else, but like you just wanted to compare chips, and you didn't want the bag to influence you, and you wanted to compare two different brands of chips, then what you might do is you might dump both out on the table, or both into a, I don't know, a, a non-ornate bowl, just a, a regular salad bowl, and then come back to them a couple hours later, and and try them so that the crinkly crinkly bag didn't influence you, right? Uh, well, that's sort of the same thing. I don't think framing and priming, we are able to avoid that, that the news outlets do that. But if we know how they do it, uh, if we know that people prime us through, through various methods, like let's just say uh, the front page of the newspaper, um, which, I mean, who buys newspapers anymore? But if you buy newspapers... I don't know what's what's something that you might be able to to do. Maybe you have somebody else read the newspaper to you. Uh, may, maybe you start to get it online, uh, so you don't have you don't know is it front page or is it not front page. Which I understand that if you go to a news site, you know whatever pops up on the page right away is the important things. I don't know how you would do it, but if you know how how uh, institutions and people try to propagandize you, there might be some types of things that you could do to avoid being influenced if you know knew how those influences happened I would put that down towards the bottom of my list. I don't know that um, that's exactly what I would pursue the most you you could study like if you if you looked into casinos and how casinos influence you with smells and those types of things uh, you know that that might be interesting, but I don't know that it would be super helpful because what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out well, how would we rationally evaluate information? And understanding our biases and the ways that we can be manipulated is helpful, but hopefully we'd be digging into information deeply enough that that those things wouldn't uh, ultimately matter. But I don't know. Whatever you think, uh, that's my rationale for how I got to uh, where we are in the season so far. Hopefully you find this helpful, and uh, I will link my Goodreads... um, my Goodreads uh, whatever link in the show notes so you can see what I've read. And I also have a propaganda, uh, like, a section in uh, a list, reading list, whatever, in my Goodreads, which might be helpful because there are way, way, way more books that I've read than what I've listed in this episode. So if you want to see all of those books, uh, go ahead and check that out. And I'm also adding adding to it. I've got, like, three or four more months until this episode releases, So I'll be reading more until then. So there might be some links that I put in the show notes for other recommendations, which uh, I just didn't mention in this episode because I haven't gotten to them yet. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you'll check out all of our future resource episodes as well. That's all for now. So peace, and because I'm a pacifist, when I say it, I mean it.